Welcome to the Chasing Thoughts podcast. Listen in as Mindy, Keith, and their guests take a deep dive into their own minds and souls to investigate the beauty of imperfection, challenge their beliefs, and embrace the richness of living a truly authentic life. Hey, everybody. This is Chasing Thoughts. And today, Keith and I are doing an episode, just the two of us. And we're going to really let you in on our own thoughts and feelings as we went through this interesting experience. Um, and so jump on board. Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. So the episode that was supposed to air today, we're not going to air. And it's because Keith and I feel out of alignment with its message. And we really want to make sure that everything that comes through the Chasing Thoughts podcast is uplifting, inclusive, kind, and human-centered. So um, we're going to talk about what that experience was like for us recording something that we didn't feel great about and then how we came to this decision. Beautiful. So for me, during the episode, I recognized one of my sort of go-to ways of disconnecting. So oftentimes when I feel uncomfortable in a situation or my thoughts are like, I don't like this. I don't agree with this. I don't like you. I don't want to be here, right? Like <laughs> when I'm experiencing that on the inside, my immediate sort of go-to is mask, go into professional mode, ask your questions. And I'm not even in my body doing all those things. Sometimes if it's a really intense situation, I don't even remember like the rest of the meeting I ran or the rest of the, right. When I've been in situations like this and, um, I don't want to use that mechanism anymore. You know, I mean, it's served me in the past certainly, but I want to be more authentic in the moment where I go like, Hey, hold on. Something's not lining up for me. Can we talk about it? Like that's courage to me. <laughs> Yes, that that is so. I, I as you were thinking, I almost spaced out because it made me it made me think of of something. So I I was I was a paratrooper, and then I was um, they call them correctional officers, but prison guard. Um, I like that term better um, for for almost nine years before my injury. But I hate confrontation. I, yeah. I love I liked fighting, but I hate confrontation. You know, so it's it's easier for me to set sit back and and go into that people pleasing mode. And when I'm in that, I'm very susceptible. You know, yes. like I, I when there was one time I was like 300 pounds at my biggest and um and I was selling weight loss drugs or herbal life um yeah. to people, you know, like that were in shape already. Totally. You know, and because I'm so susceptible to, to that selling, you know, like yep. any, anytime that anything goes, I have to run that by Sandy and be like, all right, am I, am I, she's like, yup, just shut it off. It's not, it's not right. You yeah. know? Um, so I go right back into that. Like you were saying that, and I didn't even realize that until like you were saying that, like I was falling right back into those old patterns and it was something I don't want to be. I want to be assertive. I don't want to be a jackass. Yep. But I want to be able to stand up and say, wait a second, this is not what I believe in at all. Yeah. And I think that this skill is difficult for every human, 
but I think it's particularly difficult for like introverted, sensitive, big hearted people because of that confrontation, like you genuinely don't want to make the other person feel bad. In fact, you want to lift them up. You want to make them feel great. And so that desire comes from like a really beautiful place, but then it gets in the way of you bringing your full self to the table. And that's tough. It's tough to find that balance that's right for you and how to say it and the words to say it. And I think for me, what has worked in other areas of my life is just really leaning into like emotional intelligence skills, the words you use, the way that you put them together, because that makes such a big difference. Um, And so I think with this, I'm going to try to do that, right? Like, like practice, how am I going to say this in the moment? If this happens to me again, find the right words so that when it happens, I'm ready. I'm ready to show up in a different way. And, and that's that's the beautiful thing. And, and I think one of the things that we try to get across on this podcast is that nobody has it all together. There is no such thing as having it all together. You know, yeah. it's, I mean, we need to have the up and down of our human emotions, which means at times we're going to feel things we don't want to feel. And those things are not wrong to feel. They're natural, yeah. you know? So, um, but- yeah, a hundred percent, you know, and I think the thing that helps me too, is that remembering, I don't want to like put like, you know, the evil uh, villain type thing on somebody else, you know, because I believe that a lot of people's message is sincere mm-hmm. to their own perception. Yes. But the perception to me and this is just for me is not right. And, and it will only result in at some point more suffering down, down the line when the, when the perception runs off of there's an outside influence, there's an outside answer to all your problems, whether it's a product or money or, you know, especially money, because that's one that it always goes down to like, that is not your answer. You know, um, I, I had a friend once tell me, like, if you can't manage the $10 in your pocket now, you're not going to be able to manage the the 10 million that's in your pocket that you want, you know, and if you're not happy now with what you have, and also I, I'm going to start spinning here. Also by happiness, I don't mean like we were talking before that euphoric feeling. I mean, happiness is a byproduct of what we do. You know, yeah. it's not an end result. It's not the the place that we're supposed to be like looking to live in consistently because I mean, anytime you, you hook someone's brain up to all those things, if you see a straight line, that's when you're in trouble. You, know, <laughs> you want to see the ups and downs. So we're going to have our peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. But we what I think what we want to go for is that contentment, mm-hmm. you know, that peace. and And that's what gives us happiness no matter what 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 we're facing in life yeah absolutely and so beautifully said you said so many things that i want to respond <laughs> to i took some notes so in the first part you talked about how discomfort is not bad and i loved that because i actually think that anytime we make a boundary anytime we make a change anytime we run into discomfort 
you're supposed to feel uncomfortable and you're supposed to continue going with your boundary with your and there's so many of us that cannot stand discomfort that the minute we hit that wall we we shrink back yes and that's yeah. why getting like building the ability to be comfortable being uncomfortable is a really great skill to build in life because then you can get through i think that's what you're talking about at the end where you're talking about the peace like i'm not identifying with this failure right i'm not this failure i'm not this anxiety i'm this experiencing all these things and that makes a huge difference yeah because in the end i mean like with with the 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 general idea of what failure is it wipes away the failure mm -hmm. you know because it's something that we can learn that we can grow from so now we can take this thing that was unpleasant you know um where we both kind of went back into those old patterns we can say yeah. yes Number one, it's our responsibility. This is what happened. Yep. Number two, we don't have to shy away from it. We can say, look, to you know, to everybody that, that like all the life coaches out there, they're like, follow my course, you know, and you're gonna be better forever. Nope. <laughs> you know, um, and then and then we can we can learn from that and make that part of our foundation so that we grow. And that's that's the purpose of all of this, growing together as human beings. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that maybe we could talk a little bit about like just sort of ethical marketing and what we believe behind marketing. And I know you and I are very similar when people come to us, we're trying to find out if it's a good match. We're working with them where they can afford us financially. Like we're really invested in the process and the relationship of coach client, right? And, um, so I think, you know, I did a little video on it. I think you saw it. Some of the things yes. that I think sort of like oh, warning so signs and yeah. marketing. And I wanted to say them on this podcast too, for our listeners. So the first one was, uh, this calling out of a limiting belief. So if you're in a sales call with someone or you're interviewing a coach and they say something like, well, if you believed in yourself more, you would buy this package. <laughs> That's just, it's inappropriate, right? Because they haven't had the time spent with you to know what your beliefs are. And they haven't had the time to build trust and get your permission <laughs> to say something like that. And I think that it's not only in sales, this happens to us in life, right? And um, it's okay to call it out and say, you don't know me well enough to say those things or make those judgments. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a client of mine right now, um, that I was, I was working with, um, then we were done and, and he, he had reached back out, but that was one of the things. So in the beginning I was like, okay, this is what we're going to focus on. But that was based off a 45 minute, you know, to a 60 minute conversation, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not gonna be able to do the math right now with, uh, with, with the medicine kicking, but, um, you know, whatever, 300 minutes later, <laughs> I'm right. like, no, oh, I was wrong. We're going to shift this. And that shift meant everything. Now, if my ego got in the way, you know, like that shift never would have happened, but it's yes. not about me. Yes. You know, and, and that's, you know, I know we talked about it before. Um, like when I, I don't, I don't feel connected. I don't feel aligned with this idea of like, I want to help somebody, you know, what I feel aligned with 
is I lived in this dark depression for so long. I don't want anybody else to suffer like that, yep. especially a veteran. Yeah. You know, um, and that's like one of the things when I'm told that offering my services for free to veterans is not right. Like, yeah. well, you know what? The, 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 the sort of deep sort of, uh, you know, the lizard brain has some things that it wants to say, but luckily <laughs> I did the work, you know, to, to stop that, you know? Um, but no, I mean, it, it's, it's about them. It's not yeah. about me in any way, Mm-mm. including financially. Yeah. And it's okay in this world to believe differently than other people to right? It's okay for some people to believe that that's the answer. And for some people not to believe that the $10,000 course is not the answer or charging like this or doing business like this. We can all coexist in the space. Yeah. I I would love to have a course that I offered where people were paying me $10,000 to get it. You know, that would be amazing. I would love to have that amount of money, but on the opposite side of that, I'm like, I'm I'm putting a price on, on people being okay. I don't even want to say happy, but okay. Right. But that at peace. Yes. Yeah. You know, because what if somebody can't? So there are enough courses out there where people are charging 10,000. That's great. You you got that. That's your ball court to to be on. That's your playing field. I'm gonna be over here. And it, and 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 there's there's enough room on this field of life for all of us to play without getting in each other's way. Yeah. And I think for you and I, you know, we're more interested in sort of the sustainability of this, right? And yes. And so we're trying to build our businesses in a way where we'll be able to make the income we need without charging that much, whether that's grants, whether that's the membership programs where the membership can be really low, but there's all these free resources, whether that's like, of course we need to feed our families. And we want to be comfortable, but we want to do that in alignment with keeping everything that we do or all of our courses, everything sustainable and recently pr- and reasonably priced. That's a good business model, right? Yeah. yeah. I, sometimes I feel like people who are like, I'm selling, you know, five, $10,000 courses and it's all the same course. And it's very like niched. I, I get that that's successful for some people, but in a way I think it's sort of lazy business because you can make money fast and easy. And if you just take a little more time and build your business a little bit more sustainable, then, then you don't have to do it like that. And that's the thing. Like I, I've been, I've been blessed enough where I have an income coming in um, through injuries and stuff that, that have happened, you know? So I, at the moment I didn't see it as that, but, but I've been blessed enough where I have an income coming in where I can, do this and not have to worry about paying my bills and feeding me and Sandy, you know, and taking care of family stuff, you know, but our, our brain operates off of the pain versus pleasure principle. And in the same way, like we can harness that to manipulate like people as well. And when they, when, 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 when the marketing comes around to trying to scare somebody Yep. And then show them the go- the pot of gold at the end of the the scared rainbow that they just created, right? Like that's a dangerous thing. That's where I'll get pulled in. Yep. 
you know um and and it's to me it's not right it, it creates this mindset of scarcity like why do i want all that money you know because i see all the things that it can buy i mean i was even watching a show it can buy locations yeah and to me that's disgusting that there's parts of the planet that we we people can't afford to go and look at the view because it's it's we've been priced out of geographic locations yeah that's crazy yeah and i i just you know what even if i had that money i would not put it into into the hands of, of like and i'm not saying those are bad people that do that and that's that's the crazy thing you know right because when we start answering anger with anger, we're on the same coin, you know, it's just the, uh, the other side and both sides have that self-righteousness about their anger. So it's letting go of that and accepting, like, unfortunately, that's just the way they see things. Like I, I have somebody that's close to me that, that in Connecticut, um, you know, it's a higher cost of living. Um, but in her mind, it's, if you're not making $250,000 a year, then you, you can't afford to live in Connecticut. And I'm like, damn, I'm homeless. Apparently, you, you know, like I'm not even making a hundred thousand dollars a year. And that, that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with you that you're not striving to make a ton of money. Like that's the yes. part where it gets really fucked up in our culture. And my husband and I have been down that road, like working two jobs, getting up at 4 a.m., working 12 hours a day, buying second houses. And it sucked a bag of assholes. <laughs> like it was the worst. A so, whole bag. I love a that. whole bag of them. So yeah, like this idea or this cultural pressure that you're a low life if you don't want to be making tons of money is disgusting and we just need to do away with it it's not true there are like a whole culture of people who are living sustainable lives and not buying into this capitalism type of mindset and that's a good thing oh it's such a good i mean so whenever they do any studies on on hunter gatherers that's the thing that they come up with they, they work on average about four hours a day and then the rest of the time they have to socializing um, you know, maintenance of, of the weapons, their, their possessions, stuff like that. And, and it's that, that time that creates such a, a great mental health, you know, that, that they believe they had based off of the, the hunter gatherer tribes that they study today. And it's the same thing when we look back in history, when we stopped being hunter gatherers, we were able to put down what archaeologists called site furniture, right? So now it's this point we're, we're, we're sedentary. We're staying in the same plot place, yep. right? Um, before that, everything that we owned, our shelters and everything could be put on the back of, of a horse or carried off by ourselves, you know? So, and we start to see this like in, in, in cities, um, um, like mainly like Egypt, right? And, and I'm sure you have it like in, um, in Mesoamerica and stuff like that, but you start to see, and then you start to see this break of, of, um, job. So before, I, I mean, it was pretty self-explanatory. You were either a hunter or a gatherer. And just so people know, like it wasn't the men were the hunters, the women, the no, 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 the women hunted as well. You know, yeah. they, they, and the men, the men gathered as well. The women, as they would go off gathering would also hunt smaller game and stuff like that. So, um, but 
Wow, I just threw that in in my mind, just like took a left. Um, I love this stuff. Like this is so beautiful. Um, the medicine, but um, yeah. So we start to see a break off of of jobs where now you have artists that are creating the pottery, you know, and decorating them. They're they're you bury the burial chambers. The people that are creating all the all, all the um, the glyphs and cart cartouffes, I believe, right? Um, then we have the priest class. And we've grown, we've evolved to this point where there's another breaking off, in my opinion, where people can stop living this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to wake up before everybody and go to bed before everybody and get Alzheimer's at 30 years old mentality, you know, and have heart attack, you know, like it, it's a good thing. Yes. You know, I, to me, I, I go to bed at, at, a, at around 11. I wake up at nine, you know, and I judge myself, you lazy piece of shit. You should be up at four and you should be up at four. So you can like do a mile, like a, an hour run. And then you meditate for five hours. You know, I woke up at nine. I had some coffee. I read a book and, and, and I did some mushrooms. Yeah. You know, and there's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the next, like you said, sort of breaking or shift has to be about this because AI, you know, computers, people don't need to work. There's more than enough resources for everybody. But right now our culture places so much value on what you do that it's going to be really hard to switch models, right? And go to a society where we're pursuing our hobbies. And like you and I, like we have time to do this podcast, even though it's not making money and we have time right and living at a healthier like standard because you need time in your life to exercise to meditate and to be with the people you love because when you're with people you love in a non-doing non-pressure state you merge with them like that's where love grows and connection happens and if you're busy all the time you're sacrificing your the relationships in your life you just are 100% yeah there is, like there is no other relationship we get, you know, like as humans is yeah. our relationships. Yeah. I even, I even put up a couple of videos recently on, on relationships on, on, on TikTok and the, like some people got mad, like about putting the other person first. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and one person, and, and, and I, and like, I love this because she's always there commenting and, and even calling me out at times, which we all need. It's how we grow. You know, yeah. we can't be afraid of being wrong, yep. you know, but, um, but it, it was like, and she said, like, this is an unhealthy relationship. And, and I was talking to Sandy about that. And I'm like, I feel like this is the healthiest thing in my sin. And for me, in my, you know, it's much healthier than I am physically, yeah. You know, it, the great, the, it's the best thing that I have, you know, in this world is this relationship, but it's, it's off the understanding that, that there is an emotional foundation that's right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we try to do things for other people, whatever, you know, and we, and we just, but, but it's really about self. Yes. You know, if I'm trying to give everything up to somebody else to control them so that I can get something in return, even if it means like stopping the emotional abuse, it's really about self, you know, and, and in a way too, even the way putting somebody else's needs first and stuff, it, it's still about self because it makes you feel so much better. 
Yeah. And that's what this is all about. Like yeah. our relationship, even though literally we are still strangers, amazes me. I know. <laughs> I know. I, um, this is kind of an aside, but you made me think of it. So a couple of podcasts ago, when we were recording with Chris, we talked a lot about getting off your phone. So I left my phone in the car and I went to Costco and of course my prescription was late, but instead I started talking to this old cowboy who owns 700 acres and he hasn't seen as many animals this year. And it just reminded me again of like having a calm nervous system and being healthy. Not only do you have time for the ones close to you, but you get to interact with the world, right? I mean, when I think about who I was when I was working like that, I would like put in my headphones at Costco, like try to shut it because I was so overloaded. <laughs> my nervous system yes. wanted to like jump out of my skin. Humans should not be living that way. <laughs> That's great. No. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there was this thing that I, I, for the longest time, and even just in point to you, to you said that, like, I finally feel like the question is answered. There's a book called The Open Focus Brain. And it talks about how like zebras, lions, so both predator and prey live in, in, a, in an open focus, you know? Um, and then it's those, those minutes of stress, the narrow focus, but our society pushes that narrow focus constant. And that narrow focus, what, what happens in the body is it restricts our blood vessels, right? So you're, now you're talking about higher blood pressure, heart disease, stuff like that. Like, I mean, all, all the autoimmune responses, right? It stops the digestion, you know? Because like, if I'm running for a, from a bear, I'm not gonna stop and be like, I wonder how Dave is doing. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna send him a letter, give him a call, you know? You know? Like, no, I'm running from a bear. It's like, I only care about myself and the bear, That that's it. And if, if I am the one that's going after the, like, if that is my, my means for survival, you know, to, to, to take this thing down, to feed my family. I'm not, we're again, worried about, so you start having all kinds of um, autoimmune issues, gastrointestinal issues, that narrow focus will kill you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to say on this topic is hard work is important. Yes. To get to your goals, to do work, but you're never going to create peace and sustainability through hustle and stress. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. You're just not going to do it. It's kind of like you were saying earlier when somebody has the idea where they're like, oh, as soon as we get this cool car, we're going to go camping more. Or as soon as I get this new workout outfit, I'm going to work out more. This thinking, right, that when something happens, it's going to be different. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not. It's not, you're going to take that same thinking because, and, and this was one of the things when I was going to the VA they were doing uh cognitive behavioral therapy on me, um, you know, that I would have to fill out this little worksheet. Like this thought was bad. This made me angry. This thought was bad. And then I would put the worksheet away and, and then I would pull it out and bring it to my therapy session that week, you know, but that thinking came up because I practiced that type of thinking constantly. Everything pissed me off. Yeah. So I realized I have to start practicing a new way of thinking constantly. And for me, that's what drove me to coaching. Yeah. You know, um, because the coaching put a lot of emphasis on the action taken instead of on this sort of 
philosophy, you know, um, yeah. that's just out there. Um, yeah. yeah, it has to be action. Yeah. yeah, and I would say it's action followed by curiosity, right? It's oh, like yeah, yes. So you go like, like we did with this episode, like, huh, why did we feel bad? Like, why wasn't that episode feeling in alignment with us? Okay, I think it was this for me, it was this for you. And we came to bigger and bigger truths about ourselves and where we wanted to go with the show. And that self-reflection piece, again, requires that you have time to journal, to sit in your garage, to sit on the porch. <laughs> but that's the key to moving yourself forward in your life is that action plus reflection, action plus reflection. Right. And that that addiction to that narrow focus. Right. You know, because even as soon as you mentioned journal, like my my, like... I'm still like, I still am the type that loves to fight, but I hate the confrontation. You, you know what I mean? So I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, but um, like, I'm like, oh, I'm not a journaler. Like I've tried it. Like it just, yeah. you know, but like you said, so if I narrowly focus just on that, but if I open it up, you know, and say, yeah, sitting, sitting in my garage, you know, smoking some weed and, and just thinking. You know, because that's what takes us out of that that cycle of life, that revolving door, you yeah. know, that we keep doing, having the same thoughts, which create the same actions and we get the same outcome. And then we're like, I don't know, you yeah. know, but it's so it's so weird to me now, but I was stuck in it for for oh yeah, 25 years, man. Like, yeah. And I think that's where like the. Uh, authenticity and self-reflection has to be unique for every person because what gets me into those theta brain waves when you're like crafting or you're painting or you're walking in the forest, that's different for everybody. And you're not going to know what yours is unless you go, okay, I'm going to try journaling for 30 days. Oh, nope, that sucked. Okay. I'm going to try walking every day. Okay. Nope. That you have to sort of, you know, like do a scientific method of finding what does that for you, right? Like for you, sitting in your garage is like your thing it puts you in that space yeah that and and, and like watching documentaries um oh, learning yeah. about and, and yeah. not just document like i i got a like a you know an email from netflix there's a new show you might like uh a documentary a documentary on on music i'm like no i got nothing with music it does not interest me at all you know I, but again it's from my upbringing yeah. You know, where music was bad, it was Satan's way to to manipulate kids' Into mind. Your mind. To, <laughs> yeah, into becoming gay. Um, you know, <laughs> I love like the old beliefs that I used to have, especially like on this medicine. Like I, I saw a thing uh, where a guy went to the Connecticut legislature when they were looking at at um, uh, uh, psilocybin as a medicine, and um, and he said it allowed me to forgive myself. And I'm like, oh. yes, I lose. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. He said, I lo I lost all judgment of myself. And that's one of the beautiful things. Like all this stuff that I judge myself for, I lose on this medicine. So I laugh and, and like, yeah. And then I learned from it and anybody else can learn from it. We we want this plastic, like Barbie's like a big thing, you know, like for me, it'd be the can, like this plastic shape. No, dude, like, I mean, we're humans, like, the moon was formed from a from a chunk that was pulled off the planet and then bombarded, you know, like, so there's all these craters, which makes it mesmerizing when you look through it in a telescope, but that's who we are. We've yeah. been taught to think, though, that we're that this plastic facade. Yeah, and we're not. 
there's beauty in my craters. <laughs> yeah, totally. That, that, totally. Came, that sounded better in my mind that actually came out, but. <laughs> yeah, um, I wanted to add something to your piece about, you know, when you reflect on your past, very religious beliefs, because I do the same thing. Like I can remember being a young woman and actually arguing with somebody that women should never hold positions of leadership, that women, you know, that the world would be screwed over if a woman ever became president that, right. Like I had these very sideways beliefs and you know what I think, thank God there were people who didn't judge me enough to like, tell me a different story. And I'm like, every day I'm just like, thank, thank, thank you. Thank like how important it is to be kind to people who don't believe like us because that's how they get exposed to something else. And I'm so grateful. It would have been really easy for people to be turned off by me and what I was saying and to just dismiss me as being ignorant. And I'm so grateful that that wasn't my story. And so when you said that, I was like, yes, let's talk about how important it is to be kind and slowly show other people other points of view. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny when you brought that up, I may remember. So when I when I was in my late 20s, I used to take uh, American Kempo. And I still, to this day, love American Kempo. But the guy that taught me, we are, we are like, that. we're like oil and water now, you know, um, but he, he said, but we, and we can still learn messages from, from those and still learn a lot from those that we, we don't agree with, yep. you know, where he, he said, um, he'll never give somebody the answer because when you find your answer, that's when it becomes like a foundation, you yeah. know, in someone's life, you know, I was thinking about this last night. Like I, I went to bed, just kind of, I, I like to let my imagination go. And I was thinking about, um, the verse in the Bible that talks about faith, right? So Hebrews, I think it's 11, one, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So in that instance, faith, like hope is this, what's the, is it, I don't know the word, is it the word like ethereal? Like it's just kind right. of out yeah. there. Okay. So faith, like hope is this kind of the ethereal thing, but it's faith gives it substance, which gives it mass. It, it makes it matter, you know? So now it's something tangible that I can hold. Like if it didn't have mass, I, I, there, there's nothing for me to hold on to, but faith right. is what gives it that, you know? And then the verse goes on to say, it's a substance of things so forth, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. So, you know, something that's not like, a, if there's ghosts or whatever, like whatever you believe, but you know what I mean? But like, this is the evidence. It's the, the breadcrumb trail that we're following. Mm. And that's the beauty about faith, you know, about like all this stuff. I'm sorry. My mind like went so deep into that. I forgot where we were coming from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so hopefully that's on par. If not, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think you started with, you know, talking about, um, you know, sort of self-trust. Cause I remember it triggered yes. a thought of mine that was like, that's another sales thing that I think people need to be aware of is any attitude from someone trying to sell you something that they're smarter than you or that you should trust them more than you, especially in a life coaching sale, that is a huge red flag. And I think that all life coaches should be making sure their clients 
pause and consider and don't say yes to things right away, whether that's financial, whether that's over committing in your life, whether whatever it is, because that harnesses wisdom. When you pause and say, is this a yes or no for me? What's happening? That's wisdom. And any life coach who's having an introductory session and telling you to decide right this minute, that's just a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm trying to be soft about it, but I obviously feel strongly about it. Yeah. It's not yeah. okay. And, it, and, and that, that to me, that's where that, like the where I call myself the stoner spirit of life coach, that's where that comes in. Like whatever, whatever you're facing, you you already have it. I'm yeah. I'm gonna offer you nothing, you know. Um, hopefully, like if you if you think about things and reframe things and stuff, and you do that work, now it becomes something. Yeah, you know. But like, I mean, and you have artists that are making millions of dollars, you know, doing stuff. I mean, how many movie stars are out there that are making so much money? And I'm looking at those movies, be like, all right, nobody's wearing a cape, nothing's blowing up. So to me, this is trash, you know, um, but there's enough for the world that sees the beauty in that, you know? So, and that's what I want. I want my clients to get, or I want people, you know, as, as like to get their answers yeah. to find their path. Yeah. And, it, and if that means they're not, it's not found with me, then by all means, yes, like Go to he, I will help find you. someone. Yeah. Yes. I love my people who come to me find a good match for them too. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's but, what but it's it, about. And, and to me, what that says like about you is, is, is like the, you're pushing them first, but you have to be so okay with who you are in order to do yes. that. Yes. You know? And then for me and my Christian, my, my old, the old Christian thing, like, oh, that's pride. That's pride. You know, like that, that's cause that's the way Satan makes you gay. So like, yeah. Yeah, I think you know how much I love uh, Tad Hargrove marketing for hippies. Yeah, what yeah, he's he says amazing. is that if if you're coming into a sales conversation or if you're on the other side as the buyer, the answer yes or no needs to be equally okay. I'm not trying to convince you of anything, right? If you feel good about this, let's work together. And if you don't, let me help you find something else, right? Like I don't want to work with someone who, I don't want to convince somebody to work with me and then always question their experience or, right? It's in my best interest to only take clients and to not high pressure clients. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to scare anybody into making a decision, especially yeah. when that decision is like, give me money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally with you. Um, I think trying to think, look at my notes and see if there was anything else I wanted to say about marketing, just so people, you know, can be aware of these things. Um, big packages that you don't feel comfortable with. That's kind of a red flag. Like if it, someone doesn't have like introductory offers or free things you can download or a path to them, I think that that's a red flag. Um, yeah, I think. Oh, the other thing is uh, playing on your abundance mindset to kind of make you say like, well, you could afford more money if if you really had an abundance mindset. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, there's like this thing that I've heard a lot of people use, like Tony Robbins said, like if 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 I told you you have to lose twenty pounds 
by tomorrow and I'll give you $10 million. You'll find a way to do it, even if it's cutting off a limb. And I, I think that works better in thought than it does like in actuality. Um, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I wouldn't go through that, you know, for $10 million, you know? And so, yeah. And I, I remember seeing like, especially be, like with, with my Google searches and how everything listens to us nowadays. So you open up social media and then I'm flooded, you know, back in my days when I was still dark talking about depression, talking about anxiety so much since it was the only focus I had in life. And I was flooded with all of these courses, you know, and then I'd be like, wow, this person like, yes, this is all the stuff, you know, that I'm feeling. So they're hitting all my fears. Yeah. And then they're, they're showing me like, this is what I can get, you know? So they're, they hit all the pain points. They're hitting all the pleasure points. And then I look at, and it's like $10,000. Or even five thousand dollars, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I, I, I can't afford to get better, and and that's why I got into this. Yeah. So that other people can see me as a way to not feel that. Yeah, yeah. I think that of course you know there's coaching companies that need to ha have bigger price tags because they have employees and they're doing big. Of course, that's the scale of some business and that's great. And they're helping people at a different level. But I think that it, every single person who's in the helping profession needs to really uh, acknowledge what percentage of income they're making off the people and off their company and what their take home is and see if it's ethical and if it's in alignment with the kind of world they want to live in. Yeah. I, 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 live don't, wanna, I don't want to live in a world where. 1% of the people have all the wealth. So I'm not going to behave in such a way that supports that sort of mindset of really, really rich off the backs of people, like more than you need to make, right? That, yes. that, that philosophy. Yeah. And then we're, we're we, we've been, we've been so conditioned to think, oh, that means socialism, or that means common. No. Look, Take as take like you can have all the money and and you can have all all, all of life's pleasures mm -hmm. without having a trillion dollars, you know, and and even one of the most beloved shows on on television, you know, Star Trek, it's based off of yes. that, <laughs> yeah. you know, like where yeah, uh, Seth MacFarlane in, in the offshoot, um, the Orville, like they talk about that, like people. There, there's this standard of living that everybody gets. And so now it's what people do with themselves, which means it's 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 who we are. I'm yep. I'm curious. So I'm gonna go into Starfleet and explore. Yes. You know, other people are like, no, I'm 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 a grower, I'm a farm, you know, so they're gonna stay yep. there. But they have that that foundation. And yeah, I'm I'm not gonna the cost which the true cost comes when life is not actualized. You know, yeah. when somebody makes a decision and I saw that with, with Sandy, with, with what she went through, that's where the cost comes in. The true cost. That's where the, the made up hustle and all this stuff that we should be living just disintegrates. Mm. And yeah. you see where the that the, the true cost is, and it should not cost somebody. Life should not be priced out of some, you know. And we talk about this with rent, 
groceries. Yep. It's a thing these days, but life yep. should not be out of somebody's reach financially. Yeah. As a collective, there are more than enough resources for us to give everybody a house and food, basic standard of living, and still have people make a million dollars, like be millionaires. Like there's enough for all of that to happen. We just have to change some of the laws and the way we do things, right? And we have to be okay. I guess we have to move into a a caretaker and like collaboration and cooperation with our fellow human beings and see them as people, right? I mean, it's crazy to me when I, you know, encounter the homeless situation or something and people are like, oh, you can't give them homes first. I'm like, who are you to think that that's okay to say that a person doesn't believe a home? That's crazy. Like, that's crazy. You give animals home. You feel bad about the stray dogs on your street. <laughs> and, that, and that's, it all, yeah. And it all comes from somebody with another agenda. Yep. Creating a fear, using that fear. Yep to generate like that, that belief system, you know, cause if we go back again, there's two things that ensured our survival. In fact, there's two things, I wouldn't even say ensured survival as a species, but there's two things that put us at the apex of, of, of the planet today, because when we were the majority of, of human history, we were a prey species. Yeah. Real food. You know, we're, we're, we were the squirrels. Like there's nothing special about us. We were the vermin, the, the rodents, you know? Um, but negativity always looking out for which which every species below us has that's why they call that the reptilian brain yep. you know but then cooperation yep you know the the hearth when you look back in the archaeological record it's the hearth you know when you start seeing these these group hearts where like everybody was around cooperating that's where bands of hunter gatherers that that are about like 10 to 20 people begin to to grow and then you start to see cities formed, yeah. you know, um, and, and you have all these amazing examples all over the world. You know, um, I, I just watched this one, um, Lost Cities Reveal of Albert Lynn is such a great show. Like the only thing I knew of the, the, the Kush, the people of the Kushites, you know, was from the Bible. Yeah. Which meant that they were bad and, and, and like, so I had to go through the, the Bible, like, you know, line of thought with that. But they had an empire. They they died, they conquered um, Egypt for a hundred years, and then even after that, they still ruled in the Sudan for like a millennium. And and this this city like came out like so it's cooperation, but people use that that sense that sense to go to the negative and to other everybody. Yep. You know, and once you create an other. Now you can start looking at them as less than human, yeah. as not worthy enough, you know, as, as something I need to defend against. Yeah. Yeah. I believe, and this goes into something with our podcast. So I believe that what I call the old world, which is what we're talking about, like the one that rich white men made that has like capitalist culture, right. That puts down people who aren't the same as them. <laughs> and then there's what I hope is the new world, which is like collaboration, cooperation, you know, huge AI computer. No, people don't have to work like an more utopian, another Renaissance, right? There's more art, there's more discoveries. 
Now, if I want that to happen, and that's like the reality that I want to support creating in the future, any guests that we have on our podcast needs to be talking about that and believing in that. Not this old world and the way that we've done things up till now, because that doesn't work. Yeah, I'm I'm just, I'm, I am. I've tried to get into the hustle culture, tried to be like, well, that's the way everybody, but I'm tired of always, cause I've always felt out, you know, um, yeah. because my thinking has always been different. Yeah. And, and I mean, in shirts that, that like, I, cause I remember like when I see videos of like kid preachers, like it just turns my stomach. Cause that's what I would do. And I would go and say the cliche thing so that everybody like in the church, like, be like ah, that's right. That's right. You know, and it was always anger. You know, yeah. it was always something around anger. Um, But yeah, that's what it has. That to me is the next evolution. It's this emotional evolution that's going to happen. And, and it comes with acceptance. Yep. You know, we have to create, we have this, we're in this beautiful, like, like one of the things you talked about is like focusing on the good in the world. Like every turn, there is bad, but you know what? There's so much beauty and there's so much good and there's miracles that are happening every day. Yeah. And I will say that I also wonder if the news machine tells us all the bad and none of the good to continue to control us and keep us where we feel that we need to just be consumers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, it was it Jeff Bezos that owns like Washington Post? Like, yeah, the truth is, is that there might be just as much good in the world right now as there is bad. There might be more, but we don't know it because how are we making that judgment? Who are we relying on to provide us with that information? To me, that that does seems kind of faulty to put my trust in what I know is all for profit news. <laughs> yeah. What, and especially when you have to like, cause I, I've done this before, like, you know what, I'm stepping away from the news and everything. And there's almost like this addictive type of thing, like where I'm like, all right, no, I got to go back. I got to go back, yeah. you know? And then there's the thought, cause even people will say, well, how do you know what's going on? If you don't look at the news, I, I saw a video once where a guy was like, I don't think we're supposed to know. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you know, I saw one where somebody said something similar, like, I think only God can handle seeing all the pains at the same time in every corner of the world. Like humans yeah. were not built for that. I mean, I, I think I even sent you a, a video, like this guy that I follow, um, who's a, who's a hiker and he's an overweight hiker the amount of, of hatred that comes to him, but then even like he, like he still has his, his struggles and his fights that he feels hopeless with, with his family. Mm -hmm. And that's such a sad thing, you, you know, but, and, and then everywhere you turn, you see that everywhere, you know? And then like, to me, like one of the, one of the biggest revelations of how that is, is being used to control us is, you know, when the comedy shows do a montage of all the local anchors saying the exact same thing, you know, verbatim, yeah. you know, so that's coming from, from that's a script that they're reading from. So yeah, we're all being told to believe the same things and it all goes into fear and scarcity because that's what sells. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was thinking that that might be a fun thing to add into the podcast because I know, you know, you and I are new to the podcast game. We're still figuring it out. And what I wanted to say is that I love the way we're figuring it out because instead of trying to figure it all out and know it and then start it, we're like, let's start it. And then let's be in like real direct communication. And so we can mold it and change it quickly as we develop. And it's just such a great way to tackle change in life, I think. So I wanted to mention it to anybody who's listening, because a lot of times you just have to start and do it wrong and go left and then go right. That's the process of getting something started. So I think we've been doing such a great job with that. But I was thinking it might be nice to add some structure to our podcast so that you know we check in and then maybe one of us brings a positive news story of something really cool that happened when the, or maybe we bring like a cool, you know, space story or archeology span story or something. And cause I know you and I love to nerd out and learn more things, which means our listeners probably love to <laughs> nerd out too. Right. So adding yeah. that part of our podcast, I think could be really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, who is it during, during COVID? during the lockdown era, like John Krasinski and his wife oh, yeah. started. He's so amazing. But you know what? Like the thing to me, which I, I love that, you know, every time like an episode was released, I was watching it and I loved how like normal people got involved, you know? And, but then I think it was NBC that bought it and it was oh, supposed okay. to become something. That's why it stopped. Oh. Uh, like some, some studio bought it as far as I know. Yeah. Um, and it was supposed to become something, but nothing happened of it, you know, because I mean, even like, like positivity, like, like, like in psychology, like that's toxic, toxic positivity. Yes, I get that. But I mean, shouldn't we be like talking to people about, about, you know, our, when our focus is on such bad things, we feel bad way when that's where like, where focus goes, energy flow, you know? So if, yeah. if we can change our focus, not again, we have to like counteract all these things, not denying what we feel. Yes. Not invalidating our feelings. Yep. Being true to ourselves, yeah. you know, not diminishing our own selves, you know, from somebody else, but having that strong foundation of self, of who we are and, and liking and loving ourselves and caring for ourselves, you know, but positivity is what I think what's going to drive that, that evolutionary change, you know, and it's something that's going to be fought against. Yes. Yes. Because, you know, sort of that misery loves company type of philosophy, like there is a certain pull to sort of depression and complaining and being upset and right. And when a client comes to me and they're deep in those states, it's effort. To, to get to a state where you're like, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for my life. Okay, well, now I'm going to start thinking positively. That's You have to learn some new skills in that. And those skills pay off. You experience more peace, more joy, more happiness. So <clears throat> I think that's like the work you and I do is in honor of this like vision of the world that we want because we can teach people that stuff. We can teach them how to self-investigate, how to think more positively, not only because you and I both have life coach training, but because we've fucking done it. Like both of us started yes. in like shit places with shit mindsets. Yeah. So we have actually done and are doing the work 
right now, right? It's not like when you become a coach, you're like, oh my gosh, now I don't struggle with any thoughts at all. (laughs) And and that's the thing too, that, that, yeah. Um, Sandy, Sandy went to school to be a social worker and she, she left, I think after a month because people use what they've gone through as a platform instead of working on themselves. They're like, I'm going to, I'm going to change you, yep. you know, but, and like you said, though, we've done the work to change ourselves first. Yeah. And how much does that like imposter syndrome still go through? Cause I know for me, it like kicks my ass on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but to me, like, and it's not pride to say that's what separates us. Yeah. Like we did the internal work for, and I think that's what allows us to say, Hey, look, if, if paying $10,000 or finding another way, whether it's another coach, a therapist, or taking hikes on a daily basis, I'm going to help you pave your path. Yeah. And that's beautiful to me. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, with that imposter syndrome, you know, about two years ago when I knew I wanted to, you know, my son was leaving the house. I wanted to pick up coaching again. I went to therapy and that was one of my goals. Like, I want to get rid of this imposter syndrome thinking it's limiting me, you know, help me like dig into myself and investigate, like what's really happening for me here. Why can't I let go of this? And he did like, that's why we have helper professions in our lives is so that when we come up against something, we hire a coach or a therapist and we have somebody help us work our brains out because now that is so much less for me. And that's because of the work I did, did with my Gary. I call him Gary, right? My yeah. therapist. My Gary, I love that. Yeah. Cause he helped me like mine was locked up in like weird thoughts of, um, you have to have a certain education. You have to go to college this many years. You have to have these kinds of parents who also went to college and right. So I felt like I couldn't own who I was and what I know because of those things. And I think everybody's things behind their imposter syndrome are different. That's why you have to do the work to investigate what's going on back there. Yeah. And to me, that was the gift of, of that episode that we're not going to air. So being called out that I don't believe in my coaching as much as I should, right? So over time, and and with the help of this beautiful medicine, this is what I came came to. That is true, but not in the way that it was said, you know? So like my internal plumbing, I've been, I've been, like working on that. That's part of it where I can let the turd, <laughs> you know, float yes. by. And I, okay. but I can still say, well, oh, well, this is fiber and this is good, you know, but we have to get dirty to do that. We have to literally break apart shit in our lives to see what's good for us. So I allow the stigma of, I'm trying to say this, but I don't know, maybe it's the assertive part of me, like, just no, they're jackasses. The jackass coaches that are out there. You know, I even heard one, one person say like, let's face it, money buys happiness. And as far as I know, they have a lot of money, but they're not happy, (laughs) you know? Um, And I allowed that to, to dim the light that, that I found in coaching. Uh And so when I separate that shit, I'm like, you know what? That's true. And I'm grateful 
yeah. that, that someone called me out on that. And now I'm like, no, I, I am a life coach and yeah. I believe in coaching and I believe what it can do. But that doesn't mean like I'm this savior of this, like coaching is not a Messiah that is out there to lead everybody to the promised land. It is just one path of many. Yeah. And for me, it worked. And that's why I love it. And that's why I'm going to try to shine as brightly as I possibly can with it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to repeat what you said, because I think it's so valuable when people give us feedback, we get to choose what do I want? What am I going to do with this? Right. And if you, this is again, going back to, you have to have time and space and a calm nervous system and all the other things, not be rushing through life to be able to go, is this true? Is this not true? What parts of it are true, right? Most of us go through life and people give us feedback and we just take it. We just, right, put it on us. Oh yeah, I'm stupid. I'm unintelligent. I'm this, I'm that, whatever people say. And we don't take the time to vet it and see, is this feedback even we're taking? Do I admire who this person is, right? How well do they know me? That is the process of how you need to accept feedback in your life. And I think that's one of the skills that, I teach a lot of clients is building that buffer. So you decide who you are. And like, in this case, you looked at it and you doubled down on who you are. What a gift that she gave you, right? Like that's the gift of when people provide us with difficulty, when we rub against something, we get to decide, wait, am I doubling down on who I am or am I changing myself? What's happening here? Yeah. And, and, and I mean, that was one of like, I have not had more mental health issues besides the PTSD from the military. I've not had more anxiety and panic attacks than, than when I started this business. And because I'm at a, I'm in a war with myself, Yeah. like the ego and my, my true state of consciousness, my true state of being is at a war constantly, you know, and even, even those words that a war, they're fighting, that makes me want to destroy the ego, but no, what the ego is doing is trying to protect me. So then sitting back and being like, thank you. Like, I'm so grateful for this part of me. Yeah. That's trying to do that, you know, and we say it in that language, you know, but like before when people, like, I remember there was a guy, Cornfield, Jack Cornfield, I believe that's his name. Um, But I I had heard this and I was driving home from work. I'm like, it's so stupid. I'm not even talking to a a side of myself being like, oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Stop being a bitch. That's what I got to hear, you know? And no, it it really is. Like, I mean, and there's so much that's out there that is just so, like, I just found this, this, um, this girl on, on Instagram, she's gotta be like 12 or 13. And she's like Steve Irwin. She's like, like if anybody was like reincarnated, like it's, I think, I think her, her thing is Brooke wild official or whatever. And she's lucky enough to be out like where on safaris, I'm, I'm imagining like from, from what it looks like where, where they're doing vet like um, checkups on these animals. Like she just had a cheetah, asleep in her lap while, while people were working on it. And, and then she takes a few minutes to talk about the beauty of these animals. And this, this kid is more courageous than I'll ever be. She was laying on this like 30 foot long, beautiful Python. 
And I'm like, even though that thing's beautiful, I don't want it nothing near me. <laughs> Playing with spiders the size of my hand. And I'm like, dude. And she's amazed by that. Yeah. You know, like, so there is so much beauty that's out there. And it's all going to depend on the focus that we have. And we have to have that filter so that we can pull because everybody that wants to control us and move us, like it's going to be wrapped in shit, but there's still a lot of great stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think this has been a good episode. I'm glad that we got to share with people sort of like what our feelings were and what we learned from this. And it was good investigation. Yeah. And I, I know like, like part of my head is like, I hope I stayed on, on point. Cause I know like I'll, I'll get, I stay so present in the moment that I'll forget like what we were just talking about. But this, to me, this medicine like helps with that as I build the strength to do it where I don't need it as much. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit more concrete about kind of our branding, but I don't know if that's boring for listeners or good for listeners. So I was like, should we stop the recording or not? Because in a way, I think that it it's quite possible that our listeners are also people who want to do podcasts and witnessing us sort of working through our stuff could be valuable. And then on the other hand, it could just be boring. <laughs> so well, we, I know, I know like when I was going through my classes- yeah, when it was going through my class, my classes, like they would have points, like they would call them power sessions, like where there was like an hour of learning, and then it would okay if you want to get jump off, jump off. Right. We're gonna start talking, you know, we're gonna start practicing this. This maybe we can do the same thing. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's actually, um, I'll just pause the recording, or we can edit it out. Um, I'm gonna fill up my water, and then let's come back in five minutes, and we'll talk about business. Does that work? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I'm just gonna... Okay, Chasing listeners, this next section is going to be Keith and I brainstorming branding and having a branding conversation regarding our podcast. If you have something that you're trying to brand in your life, it could be useful to kind of write along the exploration. So um, first, we are going to work on defining who our Chasing Thoughts listener is. So... I said introverts, nerds, veterans, uh, people who struggle with PTSD, anxiety, neurodivergence, ADHD, autism, recovering Christians, <laughs> big thinkers, overthinkers, info hounds, philosophers, supporters of plant medicines, people trying to find a way to live life on their own terms, all genders over 18. Like, is there anything you want to add to that? That's kind of how I saw. Yeah, and that, as we were talking about um, before we started the entire pot, like this, this was so perfect to me um, that I'm just like, yes, like this hits everybody. You so I know? think when we, when we, because we have to sort of change our onboarding process and decide like, do people need to answer a series of questions or do we need to have a five minute conversation with someone before we hit record? Like this Friday, we have a new guest. Do we need to have a little conversation to make sure it's a good fit since we didn't do any sort of survey or uh, onboarding process previously? Because we can institute one, um, but that's something to kind of think about while we talk about these things is how do we want to handle it going forward so that 
it's a resonates with us and it's a good fit for our audience. Yeah. Cause I was actually thinking about that too with, um, sorry, like I'm, I'm noticing a difference between like my podcast mind and like, yeah, I know. Right. That's why I was like, do we want to do this right now? Or yeah. Um, but, but I, yeah, it's so, it's, it's like fascinating to me. Um, but I was thinking about the, the guests that we already have booked. Yeah. Like, um, especially the one for like this Friday. Um, so do we just say, okay, we cast a wide net. We'll, we'll take, we'll take the, you know, whatever comes in and then from, but you know, from that point out, so where do we start as of now? Yeah. Yeah. And just so our listeners know, Keith and I put our podcast up like open to guests on like January 1st. And I think it was like January 13th, we were like booked through May. So our, the response that we got to people for wanting to be a guest on the show was way greater than we thought. And so I think we thought that we'd have some time to like massage out some of these questions and now we're doing it on fast mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I, I thought there was going to be like a guest and then there'll be a couple weeks, you know, right. and then maybe another one. And I'm just like, yeah. geez, it's like a flood, like the damn burst. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things I'd like to change, um, it, after the people that we already have scheduled is I really loved what Chris Bean and his podcast is the prestigious initiative. They meet with the guest. And then the next episode is just the two of them talking about what they learned from that guest and like integrating the conversation. Yeah. I want to do that. That feels real to, for us and for me. Yeah. Cause but, I, I think like, like Pat Cooper, yeah. Almost like he was such a cool dude. So down to earth. Yeah. Like gets lost, you know, like in the weekly regimented schedule. Yeah. So this gives us a chance for our own learning, right? Because we're going to talk more about what we learned from the guest and it, it gives the guest more time to shine and their knowledge, right. To reach whoever's out there listening. All right. So let me ask you this. So do we do that now or do we say, or do we like cut off? Like, so we're booked out till May and yeah. then use the second half of the year kind of to, to like go back over. Yeah. I don't know yet. I think what I want to do is change it because I'm so much more attracted to the every other di slow digestion of conversation yeah. Except for I acknowledge that is a lot of work. It means contacting all those people, rescheduling them out. And so I think I'm still wrestling with that a little bit. So I'd say let's decide on that by the end of the week. Cause okay. yeah. I'm not sure which way I want to go with that and how I feel. Um, one thing I do want to do immediately is I'd like our conversations to slow down a little bit. And I recognize that. When I get nervous, I talk faster. Or when mm. I get excited or passionate, I talk faster and louder. <laughs> right. But I like slow conversations. And so I'd like to say to our guests before we hit record, hey, I'm really working on pausing and counting to 10 between when someone says something to me and before I respond. So don't feel like you need to fill silent spaces during our recording today, because we're actually trying to put in some more silent spaces into our podcast. Yeah. 
and that's i think that that yeah because like i i never know i i believe you have an incredible talent with with interviewing um which is like comes naturally to you but i never know when to say something yeah you, you know what i mean so i'm i'm like to me like I'm, I'm i'm definitely like the ed mcmahon and you're like the johnny carson um even though that's like aging aging me completely but um <laughs> which I I'm completely cool with, but like, I, I'm not, I never know when I'm, when I should say something, when it's going to disrupt your flow or anything like that. Yeah. And I think it's the same for our guests. So I think if we talk about it with the guests beforehand and say, Hey, we, we really recognize that when I'm listening to you, I don't want to be thinking of my response. I really want to be listening to you, but that means then I need a couple seconds to think about my response. Right. And that's actually us sort of modeling a good way to live where you take that time and space and you're really more grounded and centered in what you're saying and you're really offering more active listening to someone. So I'd like to try that, but I'd like to talk to other person beforehand because it could make them feel really nervous like it does yeah, me. <laughs> there's like silence, right? Yeah, that definitely. Um yeah, because I, I was just thinking like all our editing tools are, are designed to like cut those pauses out. And I, and I get like people don't want to listen to this to the silence, you know, but um, I think in the reality of it, it's it's very important. Yeah, so let's just play around with how it feels if we slow it down a little bit intentionally, especially me, right? The other thing I thought of is like, I love using these little reactions, like raising your hand type of thing on here or like putting a thumb <laughs> up. like I think they're really useful in meetings so we could kind of just tell people okay if you have something to say or if you're really excited about something feel free to use the reaction and you know we'll give you the floor next but we could use tools to make that a little bit easier yeah see I I didn't even know that existed um does that is that recorded does that come out on the recording yeah okay that way, you know, if someone says something, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could just be like, I'm next, right? Like, I, I love that. Where, yeah. where, wait, where do you find that? So go to the <laughs> bottom where it says show captions. Yeah. No, no, that it says reactions and then click on reactions and it gives you like, oh, Ooh, I just learned like, something. Like you can new. raise your hand or you can just put some kind of interactive, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh wow but that can we oh can yeah because i'm looking for it like i'm on the screen i'm watching you but it's not there but it's like on the screen that um that's like the recording yeah ah. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. cool all right wait let me lower my hand all right cool but that could be a way that we um because i think it's okay for us to talk about how you know we're both neurodivergent and we have all these crazy ideas and I'm assuming our guests are going to be that way too. We jump from one topic to another and we get passionate. So if you really want to say something, then we can raise hands. Yeah. And especially like with, with what we want to be about, like, like instead of forcing uh, people into a, a certain way of thinking, like being accepting of the way like people's brains work like that, yeah. that is so important. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I've told you this, but my husband and I have a thing we do where we go like this and it means 
oh my God, I totally get what you're saying. Like, yes, yes, yes. So you don't have to interrupt the person, but you can like share and like, I'm getting you. <laughs> yeah, dude. So that's so, cause like, that's like clapping in, in American sign language. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Sandy, one, one day, a, a deaf woman, we we're still going to church had come in and there was no interpreter, but Sandy knew um, how to spell. So fast forward, like a year later, Sandy's like fluent in ASL because her and this lady became good friends and, and the lady like taught her and she was now interpreting at, at the church. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So thinking about what is the chasing thoughts listener want to hear about and what do we want to hear about? I think I'd like to like go through some topics and then maybe you and I can, after we figure out what we're going to do with the episodes, Maybe think about in the future, we go out and and find people to be guests that are into philosophy, that are into plant medicine, like make our invitations really specific. So I love philosophy. I think you do too. That's a subject that yeah. um, I'm really into uh, futurism. I think it's so oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same way, history and archaeology and the universe, like we're we're both really interested in those kinds of things so having people on that also like to nerd out about that and can help yeah. us be really cool um of course how to live a better life right because that's the whole like life coaching thing but i think even when we're discussing those other big nerd out topics that's going to be weaved into it because that's who we are right we're both seekers we love personal development right right yeah and to me like that was the thing like i don't want there to be a difference between who i am and what my business is you know because yeah. like we were saying before um i think we're just at this place where we can begin to branch off and make make an income where that we can you know survive off of like in, in many different ways so i think the same thing applies to this yeah yeah, I think because we're both into plant medicine, that's something that we could add in where maybe we keep our listeners like up to date with what laws are changing about plant medicine and like where they can get plant medicine treatments and do a little research on our own to provide that service to the people who are listening who might be in a space where they want to do that. Yeah, especially with um, like media, um, with uh, like just thinking about like the passing of Matthew Perry, which... Yeah. Like, I love that. Even when I found out that he dealt with um, addiction, I was like, dude, everybody that I, that I associate with like on TV, you know, um, cause I was that, I am that person always making jokes and, you know, stuff like that, but they're putting everything on, on the ketamine. And I don't know enough to talk about this, but there was a lot of other stuff that, you know, and in fact, it was stuff to help with his addiction like the synthetic opiates and stuff, which I'm like, all right, you know, what yeah. was really, you know, the cause, but again, like I'm not a doctor, so I can just speculate from my own perspective. But again, our news or fear culture grabs those kinds of things and says, even though a thousand people have done ketamine safely, one hasn't or 10,000 people, right. Have done it safely. And one hasn't, we're going to focus so much on this one that we scare the shit out of you and you don't become enlightened and you just keep going to work every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, so putting charges on your credit card. <laughs> yeah. Th this was like a while ago, but there, there was a story, um, out of Afghanistan, uh, Pat Tillman, 
you know, so he was a celebrity because he was a football player for the Cardinals, gave up a million dollar contract and joined um, the Airborne Rangers. And so legit badass, you know, but the cover up of, of how he was killed in action. So it was friendly fire. And then how like Bush and, and um, I forget the secretary of defense Rumsfeld, they just, I mean, blatantly use that as a propaganda tool to get people to join. And and then it's Tillman's family that is still suffering, you yeah. know, from not just having that truth put out. And it's this, I think it's the same thing with this, you know, like we still operate off of um, old past pro like beliefs that were created through propaganda on, on plant medicine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I think we can tackle that a lot. And you and I would like that. And our listeners would like that. Yeah. Also, I think that it will probably attract a lot of listeners who want to escape the matrix, right? People who are looking how to do what you and I are doing and put together different streams of income and work from home hundred percent or be digital nomads or, you know, those types of things where they're not locked into something that is not serving them anymore. And so I think talking yeah. about ethical marketing and how we're doing our podcast and building it and our coaching businesses, I think that's valuable to our listener. And I'd like to have more people on, and this is, this subject's tricky in alignment with us on these topics. Yes. Yeah. And there's so many people out there, you know, yeah. um, I mean, just like Jason Silva, I've gotten, I, I love his stuff. And, and he, he had, so long. oh my God. Oh yeah. And, and I saw him on, um, what was it on, on national geographic, um, origins. Oh the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was such a great freaking show too. Um, and then just to, like, I don't know, but I also want to like, because you, you've created a place for me where I can feel normal, you know, because I have all of, all of this interest that spans, you know, our ancient past to, to like where we're going in the, in the distant future, like the Dyson sphere, all this stuff, you know? So I have all these like little tidbits of information that normally, and in fact, even at church, like when I talked about it, like when something from church, like sparked a, a thought with that, people's reaction were like, whatever, that doesn't matter, you know? Um, and so I always felt pushed off and you've always gracefully, even when I don't stay on point, like, all right, that's just his head doing what it's doing, you know, <laughs> like, and, and I, so thank you for that. And I want to create that for whoever yeah. does come on and also for our listeners. Yeah. And I think whatever onboarding process we choose, like whether they have to read something or answer questions, I want to say that like, I love watching people nerd out on something like when their eyes light up and they get all passionate. It's so beautiful. I don't care if you're talking about a McDonald's hamburger or the Alps, like you nerd out on something and I get to witness you being alive. What a gift, right? Like that is so cool. So I would love to encourage our guests more to go out on tangents, show us what you love. That's what's cool about knowing humans. Yeah. I mean, cause when we have these epiphanies, like, I mean, epiphany is so, I think much greater, like learning is amazing, but like those epiphanies, like where you make oh. something your own, like that's a yeah. singularity. And then that, to me, that brings me like, that's how our universe started a point of singularity, yeah. you know, 
And then even my Christian mind, even if it's like, okay, the create like creationism, well, it started through God's voice, which is a point of singularity. So you can't escape yeah. that to me. And that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. So yeah, I want people, whether they're joining us to, as a guest or even just listening. And I always want to make sure we highlight that, you, you know, and I think that's why I'm I'm so open about the way my mind works, even when it's a very insecure thing, because I'm thinking yeah. like, if I'm thinking this, like other people are thinking the same. Yeah. And imagine how powerful a world would be where everybody did that. And we were yeah. all like, I'm anxious right now. Or like, ah, you just triggered something that came up for me. And we were all just like, honestly communicating with each other. That's freedom to me when I have relationships where I can do that. That's not, yeah. it's so great. So yeah, I want to provide that space where like, you don't have to mask when you're on our show, be nerdy, be weird, be whatever you are. See, I, I want to try to reach out to, uh, who's that? Rain, uh, is it Wilson, um, yeah. from the office. So yeah. he has, he has this, um, uh, docuseries, um, on Peacock called the geography of bliss where he goes around and he has his own, um, podcast and he calls people That's like, cool. um, like bliss heads or something, but I never felt like so connected. Like he grew up watching sitcoms and wishing that's like the love that he, and I'm like, wow, I do the same thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, my parents were great, yep. but growing up in that, like where you don't talk about emotions, you don't give emotion, you don't show emo like emotions are bad, Yeah. you know? Um, and, and I felt like, and, and I'm so drawn to, wow to sitcoms, I think, because they make me feel so comfortable. Yeah. But there was a, a guy that he had on in Taiwan who said that Western culture um, turns us into parts of a machine. We're workers. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to be, you know, almost like that bee men mentality or the ant mentality. But we're not bees. We're not ants. We're human beings. Yeah. We're not meant to just be solely workers. Yeah. We're meant to be conscious. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe we should think about um, how to change our questions a little bit or maybe make a big mm. list of questions that we can ask people that help go to these spaces that we want to go to. Like, what is, you know, they share a big thing and then we could ask, like, okay, what does your inner critic say about this? Right. Man, see, that's like, yeah, my mind does not work like that for whatever reason. You yeah, know, but or, or or where are you still feeling shame about this right now? Yeah, right? that's beautiful. Right, because like you said, it's everybody who's has some piece of it, and it's okay to talk about. And so yeah, I think like it's like to think that Dwight Schrute, you know, a, a person that has created this incredible character that will resonate throughout my lifetime. Yeah, that will keep bringing me back. You know um to the show felt the same way that I do you know and number one like it, it resonated with me like oh that's so I'm, what I'm feeling is not wrong yeah it's normal yes. and it's not something to be ashamed of and it doesn't mean yes. I'm like pushing like and that's what I want our listeners like to feel yeah. and that doesn't mean I'm judging the way I grew up right you know um so I think that's very very important yeah and I think you have to let go of that judgment if you're really going to do any personal development work because investigation gets stopped by judgment. And so 
at some yeah. point you have to just accept things about yourself and others because then you can really pull them out and look at them when you're ashamed about them and hiding them in the closet of your mind or your emotions. Yeah. You don't know what they are, really, right? You got to take them out and look at them. And, and again, I think that was a gift of, of um, the episode that we, we're not going to air. Like, I feel like it's like almost like Voldemort, like the episode that shall not be named, <laughs> you know, but it was that marketing strategy of let me use your fears. And again, like if, if, and I'm sure you believe the same thing, like everything that we do, all of our actions are a reflection of who we are inside. And if you're using people's fears for you to gain money, then you are a very fearful person because without that money, you lose all of your identity. Yeah. And I think there's also room for compassion, right? You are just yes. another human trying to make it in this weird ass human world. And how do we do it? And what jobs do we have? And how do we make sure our kids are fed? And I mean, being a human is freaking hard and complicated. Yeah. And for some reason, I think that we want to pretend that it's not, yeah. <laughs> but it is, <laughs> it is yeah. hard are doing the best they can, even if they go, like we said before, like I was sideways way left and my learning brought me back here. It's okay if people have ideas that are on the edges or it's all their path. So okay. Yeah. I, even talking about like where we want to get like that, that old white man mentality, you know, uh, that, that created like, I mean, came up with manifest destiny and all, all this stuff that yeah. worked more to destroy people and, and, and was passionate about the destruction, you know, because God told us to do that, you know, and, and there is a lot of privilege in, in, in my life, both, um, you know, earned and, and, and given, you know, and, and unearned, you know, that's just naturally there. And, and there's a part of me that then fights against that because no, my, but we're, about understanding that we can both be privileged and have gone through a very sucky life at the same time. That's okay. We can, we can be, I mean, life is a paradox. We can be that paradox. Yeah. I mean, I mean, nature itself does that. I mean, we have the physical laws of the universe, but then we also have the quantum world where all the physical laws break down. They exist at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's true you know, we talked about confidence and the, the sort of um, fraud feeling. That's true for that, right? I can show up on this podcast or in a session, professional and in my coach persona, and little two-year-old Mindy can be there too, right? Both of them can exist. I don't have yes. to wait until this scared part of me is gone, which is never going to happen, right? She can come along for the ride. <laughs> Yeah. And that's okay. So I think that's beautiful. That's integration, right? Yeah. And, and I think, I think that it's, it's so important because it's one of the things that I, I think is a massive failure um, in the mental health industry to say like that part of you has just as much right. In fact, it's, it's serving you, you yeah. know, and, and to be able to, like you said, like our listeners to like, to be able to like, that are looking for a way to break out of that matrix like I'm out, but there is like, you know, from the movie, like, I feel like all the, all the wires and connect, they're still there, you know, yeah. and they're still feeding me all this bullshit. Like, oh, you know, um, and again, which was, which was sort of exemplified 
if you're not, if, if you have a business that's not making $10,000 a month, then it's not a success. Well, if I'm defining success through my eyes, maybe true. But if I'm defining success through the one person that paid me 40 bucks instead of a, a $10,000 package, who's now living an incredible life, or like one of my clients, in fact, yeah, it was, I think she paid me $40 a session um, and who's now going to school to be a pilot. Like her life completely changed. So if I'm, if I'm, I define success through that, yeah, you know, um, and I, and I want all of our listeners to understand that there is a, another way to look at all of that stuff like that. We can break out of that matrix, but we still struggle. Yeah. And it, it's a constant sort of evaluation. I know for me, it, you know, sometimes I have a lot of high paying clients for whatever reason. And so when someone comes to me and they can only play 40 bucks, great. Yes. Come on. I, sometimes, you know, depending on the cycles of my own business, I don't have a lot of clients, which means I need to be spending a lot of time on marketing and getting my client, which means my hour is worth more than 50 and I, I need to charge more, right? Like there's different ways of that. I think about my own charging because as much as thinking about the other person is thinking about yourself. What do I need not to be stressed? What do I need for, to reach my goals? Right. And that goal can include a vacation with my husband, right? I don't have to feel guilty about that. There is a, as a, I think there's a lot of people that think, you know, I'm either shit and poor or I'm rich. No, you can just yeah. weave the, the middle road and, you know, exist in that space where you're taking care of all your needs, not just your financial needs. Yeah. Just being. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the stuff that comes, comes and the stuff that doesn't come, yeah. doesn't come, you know. Yeah. Just is. Yeah, the other thing that I wanted to mention is, you know, this kind of thing we're talking about accepting non-judgmental, respectful, inclusive, that is so important to me. And I don't think we ever really verbalized it between the two of us or on our show. But I know one of the things that didn't feel good to me um, in the episode we're not gonna air was a comparison or calling out of people who are awkward socially or awkward in networking events, because that's me. Like yeah. I'm awkward and I'm going to be awkward everywhere I go. And I don't need to not be awkward in order to be successful. I'm okay. Just right. the way I am. Right. And yeah. so I know personally, I felt that way. And I think that's another sort of big change that's going on in the world right now is people accepting that people with autism or ADHD or these other things are equally valuable members to the team. In fact, we need them in their way of thinking. And so we need more integration. And I so, want to right. that on the show. I, I have a story, story time. Um, <laughs> there was some guy like on, I think on TikTok, he would just go out to random people like story time. And and then a lot of people would just take part in what he was saying. Like he would yeah. narrate, narrate. So, but, so I was, I was um, infantry and um we ended up like doing this this one we were out in the field up in germany and um we were in this tent like we got a chance to like get get warm and stuff um and a uh an intelligence officer asked if i so he was trying to prepare a brief for for like the generals and stuff where he thinks the attack is going to come from and all that and he was like you know here here here's like a little 
map like type thing. Like you tell us like, what, what what's your thoughts? And I just looked at it. I'm like, I don't know. And I just circled because it was an open field. And then it had like a little bunch of like trees here and then on the side. So I'm like, I think the attack is here and with, with you know, people lying in wait here so that when we come into this area, they can just close the door and then it's just, you know, shoot fish in a barrel. I ended up being 10 meters off. So I beat all of the career West Point, you know, um, intelligence officers. So having that different mindset sometimes, in fact, even NASA now, um, I, I always go back to my documentaries and I'm, and I'm like, yeah, see, like, that's why I'm a piece of shit. Cause I just watch documentaries and think I know stuff, you know, but, but when they were putting together, I think it was the perseverance rover that's on Mars right now. They weren't looking for engineers. They were looking for people that had the ability to deal with the stress of if you torque like a nut just a little bit or a screw just a little bit too tight, it's a billion dollar mistake. They're like, you can have the most educated engineers in the country that 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 stress will destroy them. And he said, we we can we can we can train anybody. We can teach anybody to build a robot, but we can't teach people to deal with the way that their brain naturally works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let me look at my list here and see if there's anything else I wanted to talk about that I thought would be cool. Um, yeah, I think that was the things I want to cover about the show. So let's sit on that one question of how to handle people who are already booked. Mm-hmm. And then with the person that we have coming up on Friday, let's have a little conversation before the show just to kind of talk about the slow movement of our show and, you know, see a little bit about what she was hoping to get out of it and talk about and what we want to do. And that would make me feel better going into the show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even, even like, cause I was like disagreements, but do allowing the space for that where it's still respectful, you know, um, on, on both sides. So it's not just, you know, um, like, like having that space where people can, can talk about a disagreement without seeing it, because I'm not trying to destroy somebody's identity, even if I don't agree with what it's built on. Yeah. But I think we need to get their permission first. Yeah. Cause then I, then I think that's when it becomes like, you're attacking me. Right. So if we have a little conversation beforehand that just says, Hey, you know, are you comfortable if we don't agree with something that you say? you know, like voicing what we feel and exploring it together, or is that not comfortable for you? Like, that's a legitimate question for a guest. And then they can decide. And then we can say like, you know, we really like going deep with our guests. Some of the kind of questions we want to ask you is about like your inner critic and where you struggle. Are you comfortable with us asking you those questions and kind of get their permission and buy-in before we hit record? Because I don't want anybody to feel like oh, something came out of left field and they weren't expecting it and they don't know how to answer, right? Like, how do we, I want to engage with them in a respectful manner. <laughs> right, yeah. It's not like like the journalism, you, you know what I mean? Like right. the water, I don't want to catch you know, anybody off guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, it's experiencing humanity. Um, or maybe I'll send her an email like tonight and say like, hey, getting ready for your show. Like, here's your Zoom link. Like, here's some things, you know, we were thinking about and- and that way she has time to digest it and give us our answers. I can say, you know, email me back or tell us when you log in for the show, how you feel about these things. Yeah. Especially now that you're like, cause you could tell like you're in that focused, very yeah. clear mindset. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Okay. You know, and cause this whole, this whole process, 
and this is why I'm grateful for for the episode that shall not be named. Um, it 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 made me like like you said, it gave me the gift because I I started questioning like, all right, do I use them a stoner spirit life coach like or because yeah. even the work that we're doing outside of this, you know, on on you teaching me how to run a business, um, it's one of the the speed bumps that I've had was in the description. Oh yeah. And, and I was like, all right, I'm going to put on Google and Yahoo and Bing that I'm a stoner spirited life coach and no one is going to take me serious, but that's my judgment. You know, that's my judgment that I'm putting out there and just saying, this is the way, and maybe so, maybe that will only bring me in clients that aren't going to be paying $5,000 for a package, you know, but those are my people. Like, that's who I am. I was that person. And this is <laughs> this, this your is path, right? So yes. you need to go in the direction that your feelings are telling you to go because that's how you're going to learn what's next, what's next, what's next. If you do my path, even if you got there, you wouldn't be able to do it because you didn't learn the things you needed to, right? Like each of us has an individual yeah. path that we have to take. And that's why like self-investigation is so important is discovering what that is. What is your individual? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking like all of these conversations, like I wish, and I don't know, maybe there's a way to do it, but just saying, screw it to the editing and clips and, and stuff, but just putting these conversations out because like, cause then like, that's one of my big worries all the time is, you know, with all the conversations that I think should be put out, that would become my business, you know, right. like yeah. there would never be any the, of the moving forward in my classes or the other ideas that I have. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I think that you're speaking to a really important part of entrepreneurship and an even more important part to partnership is switching around the workload all the time, trying different things, right? Like, okay, well, maybe you just put the videos out and I do all the social media, or maybe you go out and try to get people and I do the back end stuff and editing, but making sure that that's a live conversation between us so that we're figuring out what's optimal for us as we're working together. We don't know, right? We just got to try stuff until we're like, okay, this is working. Yeah, to be completely open, just even even for the anybody that's still listening, like that that is one of my biggest fears that I'm failing you. You know, so you put up um some stuff from Chris and I was like, oh man, I for like yesterday, I was beating and and ironically, yesterday was the first time I felt anxiety. And and so funny, it was after I realized this. Yeah. Um was I forgot to put up a clip of Pat. And I'm like, see, I'm failing, you know. So it's almost like I'm 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 waiting for for like the all right, you're not the person I'm looking for. Yeah. Email or message from you, you know, instead of talking about this stuff. That's so yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. I think that this is like a really good conversation about everybody doesn't have the same kind of intelligence and the same gifts, right? So uh, how do I say this? Um, what you bring to the table in the space that you hold, the investigation, that is more valuable than getting any videos up 
like for me, I'm like, I don't care. You got him up. You didn't get him up, whatever. Like we're doing this <laughs> because that's not where you're providing value to me. Like I can do that by myself if I'm really, if I really care about it. Right. But if you stopped showing up from an investigative place, if you started having judgments or you, your curiosity discontinued, right? Like these are the things I value about you as a partner and that you're bringing to the table. And I think sometimes those kinds of things, in, especially in our world, just get undervalued or they don't get talked about, right? And so I think, yeah, everybody is different. I was just thinking about this because my sister and I hold very different types of intelligence. I have a very like problem-solving brain. I can fix anything. I can figure out how to do it. But when it comes to building personal relationships, I don't know what the F to do. Like I was down visiting my sister in San Diego and we go to the preschool where her daughter is. And she's like, oh, hi, I'm talking to this mom and that mom and setting up play dates. And it's all so natural feeling. And I'm in awe because I was never able to do that as a mom. I can't do that today. I don't have the same sort of social intelligence that she has. And she doesn't have the sort of problem solving intelligence that I have, that's fine, right? Like it doesn't mean anything about you if you are weak in one area and strong in one area. You just find people where the plug matches, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so if it's you were so, in the same areas I was, this wouldn't really be a good partnership because we're balancing each other out, right? And, yeah, and it's so funny because I judge myself like, like when you sent the brain dump, and I was like, oh my God, I am not doing enough, you know? And then when you said like, all right, here's all like the, the social media things, like all these things we don't, you don't have to use them. But so I judge myself, not on what, on who I am, but on, on who I'm not. Yes. Instead of accepting, well, this is who I am. And I suck at this stuff. I am so routine oriented, like routine could be great, but it also could be very limiting, you know? And then as you were saying that too, like, and that's just the way my brain works, like, and so like in the vacuum of space, the, 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 the shape that forms naturally is a sphere, you know, but society puts us in a box. We're not meant to be in a box. We're meant to be like spherical, like what has no edges, you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll share a big truth bomb about myself with this. So for me, my whole life, I have been assertive, loud, taking up big space, high energy, does more than everybody else, just because I have this abundance of energy. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. Right. And I feel like I've been pushed back, you know? So it's mm. like, don't, don't be so big, Mindy, or, oh, like, why are you taking the leadership role again? Or let other people have a space or you're making people feel bad with how much you're doing or right. That sort of like shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. And I was talking to a girlfriend about this struggle and she said something that really resonated with me. She said, look, Mindy, she goes, you're a Hummer. You are not a Carmen Ghia. You are not a Volkswagen bug. And you keep trying to be a little like Volkswagen bug energetically because you think it's cute and what's going to get you success, but you need to be okay with being a Hummer. And as soon as you're okay with being a Hummer, you'll be successful. And I just like started crying because I felt so seen, like my energy is big. It bowls people over. 
but I cannot learn how to mold that energy by keeping it small. I have to let it out and then I have to figure it out and say, I'm sorry if I hurt people. And that, uh, that's where I'm at. Like what I'm learning big time right now. Yeah. And I love the fact that, cause that, that just blew my mind. Um, and as you were saying that, like you, you were, you felt the need to always be like restrained, you know, and one of the, who I am at my core was I'm always like, um, Sandy used to always make fun of me. Like I, I meander, um, or, or I putts, you know, um, even in high school, remember like we're, we're going to the mall. Like that's what you would do. Like, <laughs> the just walk around the, yeah. We, we like, we, we were the original mall walkers. Um, and we like everybody like, like hated going with me because I walked so slow, you know, especially then in the military, everything is like, you know, if you have an objective, you hit it, you know, full force, full blast. And that was never me. I'm the person that's always, and, but I've always felt the need to speed up. I've always felt pulled. Yes. So I take on the the acting I take, you know, like the the whole fake it till you make it type mentality, which I hate because I, I felt like I've had to live my life that way. And it's it's hard, especially with a business where like anything you look at business, if you're not up at 4 a.m. and reading 18 books and meditating for 300 hours, you know, like then you suck. Yep. I'm like, you know what? In my business, like a, a day of fighting my anxiety um, and then moving forward little bits, that's okay. Yep. And I see you get like emotional with it. And I, I was like, like tearing up a little bit too. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm okay. Yeah. And it is a gift. And you know, this is interesting. Like, you know, often in business, I attract people like you. And my husband is like you. So my soul must at some level deeply understand or desire to slow down, to putts or to have that evened out. So maybe I can go way out here and branch and be my bulldozer and they're rooting, right? But like those kinds of partnerships serve me. And in my marriage, I deal with it. And oftentimes people say like, well, don't you feel resentful because you do so much more than your husband? Like I've been to your house and like, you're doing all the dishes, you're doing this. And I'm like, no, like he's slower. He moves. So why would I hate him for that? I have the energy. I'm yeah. not going to do it. If I don't want to do it. Right. <laughs> and so it, it helps. Right. And he offers me like a depth of being and thinking I would be floating away energetically without my husband. I feel like, <laughs> right. So it matters, right? Like both sides matter what you're bringing to the table. Yeah. And it's so funny that you mentioned it because I never looked at it like that, but that's Sandy is you. Like she is that high energy, always moving. And I heard one of the things like in the coaching um, classes that I took, like we're attracted to the attributes and other people that we sort of envy that we wish we had. Yeah. And she was always had this playful. And even today, you know, um, like when I go outside, I'm always thinking, my name, like, what are my neighbors thinking? Cause like, I, I swear my neighbors think that Sandy's my nurse, like living nurse, <laughs> um, but she's outside and our dog has like some special, like has some like hip mobility issues, but she's, 
we weren't supposed to get her past three, but she's now six, you know? Um, and it's because of the way Sandy has dealt with her. But And Sandy's out there like in the snow on a leash because we can't let her just run free or she'll hurt herself playing with this dog without a care in the world or a thought to what are other people going to be thinking. And it, it, I, I become so envious of that. Yep. You know, so if it wasn't her in my life, like I think I would be living in a, in a trash heap because that stuff is just like, I can't, I don't care what the outside of my house looks like. And, and I don't, and I always judge myself for that. Yes. Like, Oh, I have to care of the curb appeal. Mm-hmm. Right. But and if that, you want to care, you can, but there's no requirement that that has to be something you care about. Yeah. When I see it, I'm like, Oh, that's so, that's beautiful. You know, but like, that's just not the way my brain works. Yeah. And, it, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I know my husband, every time we go out to dinner or go to a party, a dinner party, he tucks his napkin into his shirt and makes it into a bib. The biggest nerd move you've ever seen. And he's like a gut and stuff. And he just like rocks it. And that was one of the things that made me fall in love with him. Because I'm like, you don't give a shit enough to just bib yourself every time we go out to eat. You know how much fun we can have playing together if you're not that self-conscious? Like you can, like you said, you can pull me into play in a way that I've never played in the world before because I'm doing everything right. A plus B, blah, blah, blah. Right. But he has a spirit of play and it has changed my life. Dude, I, I remember, yeah, in high school, I would not eat with my girlfriend because I judged the way I ate. So like, cause I, like even in high school, I was like, you, because like the whole, <laughs> the spectrum that I'm on, like you can't have a sandwich without Doritos on it. Like this just doesn't work. Like it's, it it's against the laws of nature. Um, <laughs> and so the fact that he's like, I'm here to eat and have a good time. I'm going to get messy. I don't give a shit. So like, but I judge myself like, okay, I got to eat over the plate, make sure like nothing falls. It's like, that is just amazing. I love that. Yeah. Up, man. <laughs> yeah I did too, right? And, and he inspires me all the time to just be my goddamn self. Like that's all each of us can yeah. only be, right? We can't be anything other than who we are. So just show up. <laughs> And I, I think that's what we do. We spend so much time trying to define our our creases and like in our in our shape, like instead of just sanding down those edges. You know, we try to define the edges instead of just getting rid of them and just accepting each other for who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like instead of me trying to define me, it's almost like I'm going to just show up and life is naturally going to like carve certain edges out and like help, help me become me. But I have to kind of get out of the way of the process because if I'm thinking about who I want to be, then I'm not letting in like the real life that can really turn me into the person I was born to be. Yeah. So again, the way my head is, this is so, like, I think this is like beautifully just so shows the way our, our brains work because you're hundred percent right. Like I, I never knew this until I like was in community college and I learned about oxbow lakes. I've never heard of an oxbow lake before. So you ever look at a river 
and and you see like where it turns right and then they'll be like over time it'll clear so much sediment that it creates like this u-turn in it but because the the way that the um, water goes it turns this way then it turns this way eventually with erosion it'll cut off access access to that thing so they call it an oxbow and now you'll have this little circular lake that's just independent of the river it once was right and that's exactly what you're talking about like allowing and it's so cool because every time i'm on this medicine it always goes back to the same thing for me flow mm-hmm. you know um and it goes like just be like water like i mean bruce lee like Everybody likes to say it because Bruce Lee is just so badass and stuff, but you take all that away. No, it's, it's so true. Just flowing like in the water of life, like just allowing it to take you where it's going to go and shape you. Yeah. There's a song that I love. So I really like lo-fi music. It's like low frequency music, like beats. And there's a song with that quote in the beginning of it. I'll put it in the show notes and I'll text it to you because I love it. Every time it comes on, I'm like, oh, this Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I even forgot like we were recording. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, so, okay, well, I feel really good. I think that we came to a good place, like, for moving forward. And I think this was a good episode. I'm glad we did the second half for other people who are investigating, you know, how to gain clarity on their business and stuff. So, nice yeah and I, I was even thinking like with this i mean we could either put it up as a whole thing or put it up as two separate ones and just not really give a shit about like the editing and yeah you know i'm sure i said stupid things that i should have said or whatever you know but fuck it it's gonna happen you know i don't mean any harm by it, but um yeah and i think if that kind of thing happens and there's comments or you know people then you engage in dialogue about it like we always talk about on tiktok right yeah because you know what? Yeah. We sleep up in life too. And what do we have to do? We have to go clean up our messes and talk about it. So we can do that publicly <laughs> if yeah. necessary, right? Like that's part of the human experience. Yeah. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. This was pretty cool. Stop recording. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to the Chasing Thoughts podcast. Please support us by liking, subscribing, or leaving a review or comment, we would really appreciate it. If you'd like to be a guest, we would love to explore life and what it means to be human with you. Please email us at chasingthoughtspodcast at gmail.com.